to disclose, my voice is a little shaky because the editing program I was using just closed on me. And I'm so much of a gangster that I didn't save this um, in the process. So thank God it's recovered. Um, you know, it's hard out here trying to have a side hustle and a hobby as a one woman show. But we're back. And you're back, which is incredible. And I just want to take a moment to say that this podcast is officially a month old and we're sitting at over 250 downloads. So I want to thank you for listening, whether you've been listening all along or just tuning in or trying to figure out what two girls in one bubble meant. Let me tell you, I thought that was pretty clever. I will pat myself on the back if anyone ever remembers. And do not Google this in a public forum, but two girls, one cup. I mean, who knows? I If I could see the demographic breakdown versus male or female, I would think a lot of dudes must have been like, what is going on here? So you do what you can, right? So a couple things. So with that two girls, one bubble episode, we talked a little bit about boxing. And it's very timely because that connects with what I'm going to talk about today. First, I have a show recommendation. On Netflix, now streaming is called the show Kingdom. Now this came out in like 2014. I remember it was a direct TV exclusive. Obviously I'm not rich, I just told you. I'm editing all my own programs, so I definitely could not afford um, a satellite dish. So I did remember seeing the previews for the show. Always wanted to watch it, now it's on Netflix. How does this connect? Well, it's a show about MMA. Long story short, these MMA fighters, they're training, lots of drama. There's some nudity, there's some sexual content. So if you're looking for a an, an aggressive relief, tune in. It's good, I'm in the middle of season two. I am Googling spoilers, cause that's just how I roll. Another sort of similarity as I preview this episode is the correlation of boxing and cancer. So last week, uh, we spoke with Jenna, and I had mentioned that Jenna and I competed in Haymakers for Hope, which, which is a sanctioned boxing charity event where boxers raise money for cancer research. My guest today is not only a cancer survivor and total badass, she is now in it for the long haul. Uh, with her cancer diagnosis. And I'll let the episode explain that a little bit more. But I remember as we closed in on fight night, Julie was someone that was on my mind. She had started a blog and she was talking about her second time around. She was diagnosed again with the same cancer. And it really put things in perspective for me in terms of what this disease can really do. And We've all been impacted in cancer in many different ways. Um, and that night, there were a lot of people I was thinking about, and she was one of them. And she's just an absolute fighter. So I went in that ring and, and fought, but she is one of those, like many, who are fighting every day. And this episode, it's tough to listen to um, in some parts, although she's so positive and optimistic and brave. She really kind of opened my eyes to dating with cancer and how to approach that in those conversations that you need to have with a potential partner and things that they may need to take into consideration that normally the rest of us don't. So I'm really, really proud to have her on and for her to share her story. 
What I've loved about this podcast over the last month is that everyone brings a different perspective and really opens our eyes to things that we never thought about before. So Julie is a fighter. She is brave as hell. You probably will get a little bit fired up when you hear about her story um, and her dating, her most recent dating story. Feel free to slide into my DMs and I'll forward her any thoughts that you have. But this one's a special one. So I'm proud to present my friend Julie. Here we go. I am so excited to have this guest on today. Not only is she one of the strongest women I have ever met, she's also a friend of Kitty Cat. <laughs> so when Kitty Cat came on, right when we finished our meeting, she had said, you need to get Julie on this podcast. She's got some great insight and can share a lot of things. So I'm excited to have Julie. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, Julie, I want you to introduce yourself and get into everything, but I also want to say that I'm so sorry for what you're going through today. You just told me this really horrible story about a guy from Hinge that broke your heart <laughs> and uh, kind of gave you the go around to end your relationship. So we will get into that, but kudos to you for coming on and, and talking with us. I really appreciate it. Yes. It's crazy timing. Like all this stuff happened over the weekend and then uh, I could talk about podcasting right after a breakup. So or exactly. talk about dating. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's so relatable and so true. And yeah. um, like I said, maybe this guy will get some hate mail after this episode. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, sort of what you do, obviously your relationship status is now single, you know, have you been a frequent dating app user? Um, and then, you know, just a little something about you. So I'm 29 years old. I'm from California and I moved to Waltham. Ever since I moved here six years ago, I've kind of been on and off the dating app. Like I'll have it for a couple months and then I'm like, no dating apps. I want to meet someone in person. And for the past six months, I was actually in a relationship with someone I met off Hinge. So like right when the quarantine happened, I was like, well, might as well download the app again. Um, so I started doing Hinge and this guy popped up. And right when he popped up, he wasn't someone I would usually swipe right on. Like mm -hmm. he was only 5'1 or something like that. Like something like, no like way. shorter. <laughs> where I was, yeah. And like, he's like, he was cute, but I was like, well, whatever. I'm not going to meet him. You know, I'm just going to talk on FaceTime, which doesn't matter how tall they are. So we just started like talking on Zoom and or FaceTime too. And I was like, well, whatever. We're not going to meet. But after like a week, he's like, let's meet. And I was like, oh, okay. It's happening. <laughs> you know? So we, we went on like a bike ride or something. And my first meeting, I was like, uh, I'm not into him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, he's very short. Like, I don't, like, I just, I'm so used to seeing him on a face, like on a screen. So seeing right. him in person was kind of like, whoa. But then we kept talking over Zoom. And then we went on another date. I like, I was like, all right, I'll give another chance. And we went hiking. And we were also drinking beer while hiking. It was great. Mm. <laughs> yeah, hiking and drinking. Still activities <laughs> you can do in quarantine. <laughs> and so it was actually like really great. And I felt really connected to him. And, and then all during April and March, um, he w went down to the Cape. 
and stayed at his, or he was staying at the Cape at his parents' house. And so every weekend I went down there and like, we spent seven weekends in a row together. Oh, wow. So this was serious. This wasn't just kind of a hangout during quarantine. Right. I I went down to the Cape for a weekend and we hadn't even kissed yet. Wow. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm just going to go for it. And at first, it was it was hard to get used to like him in the flesh. Like I was still <laughs> used to the screen version of him. And then, so we were at the Cape, and things definitely got more serious. Like after like two months, he was like, "Can you be my girlfriend?" I was like, "Yeah." Woo. <laughs> um, which at the same time, at the the time, like there was no opportunity cost to hang out with him. If that makes sense. Like I didn't have soccer. I wasn't hanging out with friends. I wasn't working. Like. At the time, I was like, oh, definitely the best option, <laughs> you know, like, versus hanging out at home. And then he left the Cape, and we started, like, intermingling our lives in Boston. And then I went home to visit my family, and he came with me in California. So that was just this past month, and it was actually, like, great. Everything went really well. So, yeah, things were starting to get pretty serious. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting, too, because isn't that always the case, like, it's always the guy that you maybe like swipe left on. And then you're like, hold on. Oh, nothing's about, yeah. you know, let me bring him back. And, and then it ends up working, which is so interesting. Well, it sounds like you really hit it off during COVID. And, you know, you said he was a little short and <laughs> you did FaceTime. But then, you know, ultimately it kind of took a turn. And like, what led up to that? What happened? Yeah, so I haven't talked about this in podcast yet. But so I actually, I live with metastatic breast cancer. So I had stage two breast cancer when I was 20, like five years ago. I beat that. I went through chemo, had surgery, came out on the other side cancer free and dating while bald and with a wig and having, that's a whole other story. But I came out, you know, my hair started to grow back and kind of got back into normal life. And then about a year ago, I found out that my cancer came back and that's how it's considered metastatic because it has spread to my lungs. And I still live a pretty normal life. Like I take a oral chemo pill every day and my hair like sheds a lot more, but it's still there. And I feel pretty good. Like I can, I've been training for a half marathon even. Like I've still can total badass. (laughs) And hits a hell of a three point shot. Let me just tell you. (laughs) Oh, that is also true. (laughs) So yeah, I, I kind of live this normal life, but dating as someone who's always going to have cancer is still pretty, felt very new to me about a year ago. So when I found this guy in March, um, I told him about my cancer kind of right off the bat and he didn't, didn't seem to phase him. He was like, all right, you know, like we definitely talked about it for a while throughout our time together, but I didn't think it like bothered him as much, I guess, as it did. Cause it kind of came out in the end, like we were fighting a lot, not cancer related, just about random little things. And he took like, when we got back from California, he was like, I just need a weekend to like, you know, decompress, like, let's just not talk for three days. So I was like, okay. Um, at first he said, I don't think I love you as much as you love me. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> even though he was the one that told me you love me first. And was like I was thinking that for a long time I could I was like really that's what it is I I was like okay that's that's how you feel you know like break up and then two days later which was today actually he calls and is like can we talk more I was like sure and he was like okay it's not the love you thing I just I'm so freaked out by your cancer like I 
yeah, like I couldn't imagine, I love you so much. Like I can't imagine losing you kind of framing it that way. And, but in our back of our minds, I got, or I kept being like, we're so different though. Cancer aside, you know, yep. the, all these things I want in someone I, that I was kind of just like letting go. Cause I, I was like, this is just fun. Like I do love him. So I'm going to compromise on some things, but those things are cancer, not cancer related, but he kept going back to, that's why I was acting that way because I was so freaked out about your cancer. That's why I was picking fights. And I was like, all right, well, I need someone who isn't so terrified by it. I still want kids and I have my eggs frozen and me and him never really talked about it before. And I kind of said today, I was like, well, I, you know, I really want kids and it doesn't sound like, like he's mentioned a couple of times that he doesn't want them for a while. And he said, you know, I want kids too, but it frightens me so much. Like, I don't want to be a single dad. Every time, like you've said that to me before and you're saying it now and I just want to scream bloody murder. I mean, just, you know, yes, everyone, you, your feelings can be valid and you can share them, but to present it in such a way is just like, it is yeah. icky and terrible and awful. And, you know, and this might be a weird question, but have you ever, has anyone ever said something like to, that to you about your cancer when you've dated them? No, <laughs> that's definitely like, I've never, this is my first serious relationship too. So I haven't really talked about kids with someone like this, but yeah, like when I say it out loud, it sounds harsher. Like when someone says that to me, a part of me, I have accepted the fact that like with my disease, I probably won't live like a normal lifespan, you know what I mean? And it's not for sure, but like most likely. And so I've accepted the fact that if I do have kids, yeah, I probably won't meet their kids, you know, like, or something like that. Like, I don't know what the time period is. So, and that's a harsh reality. And, and so it is like really hard when someone tells me that, but I need someone who's willing to take that risk, be with me and have kids with me and have a family knowing that I might not be around forever. Absolutely. For you, you just need to know that you deserve someone so much better than that. And someone that, you know, is going to love you for you. And like, People get, you want to talk about, okay, if there's like a time frame or whatever on a relationship, I mean, people get together and then they last for like two years. So do you look back on that relationship and say like, what a complete waste of time. Oh my gosh. We're like, you could have right. a wonderful life and relationship and don't be so negative. You know, you've said, right. you know, you beat cancer before and now you're, you know, you're starting this prolonged treatment, but like open yourself right. up. It's just, it hurts my brain to think that, but I know you and, you know, all that you're about and you're an amazing woman and this guy might have like little man syndrome and, (laughs) you know, and if anything, he shouldn't be using your cancer as a crutch. Like if he doesn't want to be in the relationship, then don't be in the relationship, but don't use that as the, you know, overarching excuse as to why he doesn't want this anymore because that's really unfair. Right. I kept, yeah, when he brought up that that was what was bothering him the most, I was just kind of like, wait, what? Like, we have all these other shoes that I feel like are very unrelated to that. But it's, yeah, it's hard. Like, I remember a year ago, like, feeling like, who would want to date me when I have this, you know, disease? And in the past year, I've kind of gotten over that. I have so much more to offer than that, you know? And so for him to say something like that, I know I'm worth more than that. And someone is going to think that too. And someone's going to think, well, if you have a year, if you have 20 years, I don't care. Like I want you for however, however long it is. Absolutely. And, and I'm Absolutely. That, and that's so. a good attitude to have. And I wish we could prank call him right now. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to pause right there and kind of bring a little bit of light. This small guy from Hinge is definitely not a John Wayne. Part of the show is this segment that we have in regards to Paula Cole looking for her John Wayne. You get about 60 seconds to kind of make a plea. And it can be regarding what men do on dating sites, what they do in general, (laughs) things that are annoying that really don't embody the John Wayne. So that stereotypical manly man. So somebody that you're going to want to come into your life (laughs) as this guy exits. Yeah. So do you have a topic in mind of what you want to discuss? Not chivalry, but something like that I really was missing in my last relationship was like generosity. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Up the clock for 60 seconds. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, set, go. All right, guys, chivalry is not dead. On a first date, whether if you're into the girl slightly, please pay for the meal. It's not because the girl can't pay for it. Like, believe me, it's not about the money. It just shows that you care, that you want to see this person again. And don't be all like, this is 2020, everyone's equal. It's such, like, a not a slap in the face, but if a guy wants to split the first check, I'm like, wow, I guess we're friends. <laughs> That's what friends do. Um, we can be more even down the line, but please, that first date, just pay for the bill. I, Like I said, I can pay for it, but it shows me so much about your character and who you are by just putting down the credit card. I (laughs) love that. I love that so much. And I think it's so true. A friend of mine, she went on a first date for ice cream with a guy last year and they were in line. They walked in together and then he, I think he went ahead of her and paid for his own. And then she paid for her own. So it is, it's like, you know, it, it isn't about money, but I think it's just showcasing that you, you care and you're putting in some effort. Like, even if it's going down the tubes, make it a, a decent time. And yeah. Each other again, fine. But yeah, have some manners. Yeah. Like, I just want someone who's generous and giving. Like, that's how my dad is. And so mm-hmm. when someone just says, like, it's like a $20 check, I'm like, let's split it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, all right. Like, and I get if you're going on a lot of dates, Maybe you need to cut back a little. Just It really, really shows a lot of who you are by paying it. And it doesn't show how much money you have. It just shows that you have a heart and you're generous and that you're interested in me. That's what Absolutely. I see. Yeah. And I think yeah. on the female end too, I mean, this could be her first date for, you know, out of the gate for a long time. And it would be nice to just kind of feel good and be treated and, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. 100%. That was a amazing plea. <laughs> Thanks. We all would appreciate it if guys stepped up to the plate a little bit. Well, Julie, one of the things that I really like about you and love about you is that when you got your diagnose, your second, or you got diagnosed again with, is that correct right. to what I'm saying? Um, you kind of, and you know, we're Facebook friends, you've kind of put this wonderful spin on life and you said that you're just going to start living. And I've seen kitty cat who's like, literally four feet tall and yourself jumping out of airplanes and just living your best life. And I think that's so wonderful and amazing. And I think that that correlates a lot into not only who you are, but how you approach dating life as well. Like you're just going to, you know, take it as it is and and jump in and and figure it out. And uh, could you talk a little bit kind of about like what you've been doing and how you've been living? I know COVID's probably put a little bit of damper on kind of, you know, stuff, but can you talk about that a little bit? 
yeah, I think after I was redi- like after my cancer came back, I definitely mourned for, for like a week or two, and then I got into like why not mentality, like why not you know skydive, why not go to front row Red Sox uh, seats, like why not do all the things I wanted to do? Because honestly, we this sounds cliche, like none of us really know how much time we have, and I feel like I was faced with that head on. And then you know when COVID hit a lot of my things that I love to do, like I played soccer three times a week, like I love to travel, like I couldn't do any of that. And I kind of definitely fell into that whole little of like no motivation, just like, when is this going to end? And, and so in April, I actually came up with the idea to train for a half marathon. And so for the past four months, I've been training to run 13 miles on my 30th birthday, which is coming up. Yay! And it's called 13 for 30. And that has like completely transformed my COVID time because now I'm exercising more again. Like I have a goal. I'm pursuing something, which, you know, when I was re-diagnosed, I felt like I couldn't set goals, you know, because it mm-hmm. felt like my future was so uncertain. But now I feel like I'm setting goals even with more vigor and more fight and I'm accomplishing something like running 13 miles, which for me is really hard. I, yeah, it's I no run, joke. Like, yeah, so in three weeks is my race. And it's just me running. <laughs> like, so it's not a real race. I made t-shirts for it though, actually. And it's starting in Waltham and I have like my friends and family around like at different parts and like the finish line. And I'm really, really, really excited for it. That is incredible. And yeah. I think you've just motivated a lot of people that are listening to this right now. I think it's just such an amazing way to approach life. And, you know, it's just, it's so cliche, but all those things that you've been thinking about doing, even, you know, if there's someone that you're kind of pining away for, it's just do it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, live with no regrets. And I love that. And I think that's so great and such a motivating thing for all of us. And happy almost 30th birthday. Welcome to- I know. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I'm almost 30. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a different way of life. Like, but you feel, I feel like you, you've come into your own when you're in your thirties. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be a good decade for me. Absolutely. The guys will still be, will still act like they're in their twenties, but you'll feel good about yourself. (laughs) Right. Well, before we wrap up, I did want to ask, so you met this guy on Hinge. Have you used any other apps and have you been successful on any other ones? I've used Bumble. I've used Tinder, Coffee Meets Bagel. I think all of them. (laughs) Maybe there's more than that. And I found that my last boyfriend was from Bumble and that was around like a year ago. I was thinking about like, if I want to give advice, not that I'm an expert in any of this, please do. But I, I feel like I learned through my past guy that like, sometimes you have those automatic swipe left, but like, if you can let like one of those things go, sometimes it's like those hidden gems of you're like, Oh wow. I'm glad I didn't do my, Oh nope, Not my person right away. Cause like, I, honestly, if I would have met him in a normal setting, we ne- I would have said no right away. But because I got to know him over Zoom and, and like FaceTime and it just felt like it was a different relationship. And I'm glad I didn't, even though it only was six months and it ended, I'm still really happy I had those relationships. Like I learned so much. It was great timing for COVID to have someone, even though he ha- did say some not so nice things. Like I still am open to being friends with him. And I think it's still good. I still have good vibes going forward every single bad date and good date there's something to take away from it and it also for sure 
doesn't make you so hopeless. Like I think a lot of times, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and to find somebody or for things to go well. And yeah. there's good and bad and you, you take away from that. So jumping out of planes, running mar- half marathons, sinking three pointers, like you're a warrior and a fighter and you're amazing. And I'm so excited for your thirties. They're going to be great. You do have a blog um, that kind of follows your cancer journey. Would you like oh, yeah. to kind of plug that for those that would be interested in kind of following along? Yes. Yeah, so my blog is 29, like the number woodenpomeranians.wordpress.com. <laughs> so kind of a tongue twister. Um, but it follow. there's like a reason it's called that if you read the blog. You can also follow me on like Instagram. And I have like my blog link. My Instagram name is Julie Miz with two Z's. So J-U-L-I-E-M-I-Z-Z. And yeah, I'm about to post something I think soon about, about my race. Because I wrote an article for a cancer magazine about my, running my race. And so that's going to be posted. I'll post it on my blog and like my Facebook and Instagram too. Awesome. I'm so excited to read that. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. We'll definitely have you back on again soon with updates, maybe dating life updates. Again, if we can ever have dates that are not um, walks or hikes, uh, that would be great. So thank you, Julie. As expected, my opening monologue was not misleading. Julie was amazing, and I hope that all of you will be joining me in wishing her luck on her half marathon to celebrate her 30th birthday. 13 for 30. What a feat. Julie, you're the best. Good luck and happy, happy birthday. Thank you again to all of you for tuning in to this week's episode and getting those download numbers up. I really appreciate your patronage. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, really wherever you find your podcast, it's there. If you subscribe, you'll get the latest episode right when it comes out. And also, if you have a chance, leave a review. Five stars sounds lovely if you're loving what you just heard so far. And lastly, follow the podcast on Instagram at Cowboys Gone Pod. When you're there, you'll be able to comment on some of the posts, see some teasers for upcoming episodes, and really get into your 90s feels, uh, including, you know, calling out Julia Stiles for falling in love and learning a complete dance routine in an hour and 45 minutes. Thanks again to all, and I will see you here next Monday.